heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hey guys, you know who it is by now. This is episode 33 of the YWC Football Talk podcast. I have not dreaded recording an episode more. And I, I, I love to record. When I say that, I mean like I love to record this podcast. I love to talk football. But when I came on here Thursday with Big Rat, by the way, it's just me tonight. My interview with Billy will be coming up later. It's just, I we're recording the game. I'm like, you know what? It's going to be a shoot. It's going to be a dogfight. Patriots are going to win it. Sunday at 425 hit, and I felt like I got hit with a truck of emotions. Like, it's you want to be mad when your team loses like that, but I wasn't even mad. I was just, like, Denver was more mad because it's like they got six field goals. We didn't play our best. This was just, we straight up offensively, defensively, we got our asses handed to us. Our defense could not get past the San Francisco 49ers offensive line. Um, the guys who I was saying all along, we have to block them because they're going to make plays. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, both are making plays. Uh, the only thing, the more thing pissed me off more, I had Jarek McKinnon on my fantasy team. And they didn't even barely gave him the ball. Like It was all Jeff Wilson Jr., which was just annoying because I'm like, God, use McKinnon. I need the points. I need the win. Now 5-1 season turned to a 5-2 and two season for fantasy. And more importantly, in New England Patriots, two and three, which would if it was three and three, you know what? It's everything was fine, like Pat and I talked about last Monday. Well, the dark reality of two and four hit, and now we've got a game Sunday afternoon in Buffalo, which at first I was looking at this game like it's just rivalry week. I want to win this. Is now this game's for all the marbles? Because like as far as I'm concerned, the stretch coming up after this is. Like, New York Jets, like, who honestly knows at this point? It's like, the Bills looked crappy against the Jets, and, the, and there's some games out there. Like, the Jets barely beat the, barely lost to the Broncos, and the Broncos were a lot better against us, so it doesn't make sense. Um, let's see as well. And then Baltimore, which I'm already, not, I'm just mentally preparing myself for a loss. Houston, we'll see. Arizona, we'll see. LA's, we'll see. This stretch of games coming up, like, part of me wants to be like, yeah, if we win four of two, or if we win, like, three of three, we're good. But I have to take a long look in the mirror and look at myself and go, we're taking this one game at a time. There's no other way to put this. Like, if we go more than, like, oh, hey, we got to do this, 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 no. Literally, you know, I I will sometimes do this, I'll say, oh, on to Buffalo, literally. I'm not on to Buffalo. Buffalo is the main focus. Buffalo is number one, like... And also, too, like, I'm getting my hopes up because I hear Chris Sims talking about, oh, Buffalo's a better matchup, their D-line's not the best, but I'm just like, oh, man, I just do not feel good. Like, imagine going into a game thinking, like, hey, everything's going to be optimistic, everything's going to be awesome, and you get your butts kicked, and then now going into this week, I have zero faith. Or not even zero faith, I want to say. Zero, like, I don't want to go in with any confidence. I don't want to go in with any faith that, hey, we may win this game. I literally want to go in thinking, hey... Prepare yourself for the absolute worst. Prepare yourself 
for Buffalo Bill fans on Twitter, and I do follow a fair bit, including Joe Miller III, who was on here a few weeks ago, guys like that who are just going to be all in my face or who Buffalo Bills fans, if they win this game, they're going to basically take it as we killed the New England Patriots for their 2020 season. Literally, there's like there's no sugarcoating it. I always say this, look, whatever happens, happens. But, like, it's not whatever happens, happens. It's, we, you got to go out there, New England. you got to play 60 minutes of hard, aggressive football. You just cannot, oh, hey, um, yeah, you know what? Everything's fine. We had a bad game. I adjust my mic because, you know what, no one's here right now, and I'm going to do that so I can be more comfortable. But when you have a game like this where it's, hey, you got to win or you're done in October – that's honestly a very scary and new feeling to Patriots fans. I only say new because guess what? We haven't experienced that since 2002. I was 8 years old. I am 26 going on 27. I was 8 going on 9 the last time that happened. For those of you asking, my birthday's in December. That's almost... Oh, my head. That's 18 years. 18 years. I don't even remember what I was doing at this time... 18 years ago. Probably not as passionate about football as I am now because it's really hard for an 8-year-old to be passionate about football. Or to that extent, I don't remember. But here's the thing. Part of me always will believe that Belichick has the answers. But then there's a part of me that's going that I see the Stephon Gilmore trade rumors and I'm just like, Usually this time of the year we're buying, and now we may be selling one of the best, not one of the best, the best defensive player in the league, probably only up there with like Aaron Donald and a couple other guys, but the best defensive back in the league by far. I'll repeat it, it's scary. And I know too that, oh, it's nothing major, it's nothing to worry about. At the same time too, you know what, it is a lot to worry about, it is a lot to freak out and be concerned over. Because you don't know what's coming next. You don't know what to expect. Sunday, I got Dalton King on the lineup, and I was happy he got a catch. But at the same time, too, I'm looking at Cam, where it's like, I don't know if, if it's, he's just not 100 all there because of like uh, he's having after effects with COVID. If he's just fearful to get rid of the ball. I don't know what it is because a lot of those, and even to the hospital ball that got thrown in the kill Harry on Sunday, which who knows if he's even going to play this coming Sunday. There's just a lot to talk about with this team. And when I make my prediction Thursday, like part of me wants to say New England's going to win. Everything's going to be fine. But then there's part of me, too, that's going to be going, who knows? Like New England may lose this game. But I know I've been taking up too much of your time talking about New England Patriots. And New England Patriot, anyone who's not a New England Patriot fan right now is not even feeling bad for you. They want to see you suffer. They want to see us like this, struggling to find words to talk about, finding ways, coming up with excuses. Because two weeks, three weeks ago, I was pounding the excuse train of, if we had Cam, this is a different game. The only thing I'm going to say about that is the team that I saw play Sunday to the team that I saw in Kansas City three weeks ago I don't even recognize them. You have Chase Winovich, one of the best players on the defense this year, making a dumb blocking in the back block 
on a quarterback on an interception. You have, like, also, too, the other thing i got to say is I love deferring the ball, getting the ball in the second half. I honestly think now if we win the tosses going forward, we got to start with the ball. we got to lay the hammer down immediately because if they get points, it's going to be, oh, that doubt and mindset's going to creep back into fans of the New England Patriots going, are we going to score here? Meanwhile, if we get the ball and go down and score, it's, hey, it's up to the defense to stop them. I'm saying this right now. Matthew Slater, you select heads or tails, whatever one it is Sunday. If you get it right, don't defer the ball. Get the ball first, score. March down the field. The only other thing I'm going to say about this whole thing is that I do expect a full-on running attack game this coming Sunday. Because as we know, Buffalo's run defense is a little sparse. But at the same time, too, I don't want to get my hopes up thinking like, hey, yeah, Rex Burkhead's going to have this many yards. Damian Harris is going to have 100 yards this game. Cam Newton's going to have a rushing day. That's incredible. He's going to throw next to no interceptions. No, it's a wait and see what happens. And it's legitimately, I'm a little worried and scared. I don't like feeling like this. I do not. But anyway, guys, besides that, I have a loaded podcast for you. I got a lot of stuff to talk about. I am having, I have a very important guest on today. We're doing a little bit of a different thing. We're not, he's, he's not, Billy's not coming on here to talk football. He is in a different sense, though. As my phone takes forever to load, I'm going to go on my computer and do this. Because um, I record on the fly a lot. So, uh, Billy Quake, who I'm hoping I'm getting his name right. He will be coming on to talk about content creating in the NFL, something that's actually near and dear to my heart because I am a bit of a content creator, obviously, with this podcast, YouTube channel, and also to broadcasting television is what I went to school for. So I like the devil and all that. But he's a guy who literally, it says right here, he's the creative director at Let It Fly Media, and he's a freelance content creator for the NFL. If you go to his profile picture and see his header and his pin tweet, it's from the Super Bowl. So that's just something cool that I wanted to mention. But anyway, guys, we got a loaded show for you today. I'm going to uh, have him in for an interview. And also, too, I'm going to look back. I'm not going to look back at every game at Week 5. I'm going to pick five games that I really liked, talk about them, and then we move on to Week 7. But anyway, guys, enjoy the rest of the podcast. And let's try to put on a happy face if you're a Patriots fan listening to this right now. Welcome back, everybody. I am now pleased to be joined by Billy Quatch. Who is the, uh, let me just, I just gotta look this up for a quick second, pardon me. He is the creative director at Let It Fly Medium, Let It Fly Media, excuse me, and he is a freelance content creator for the National Football League. Billy, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me, Griff. I'm doing pretty great. Just uh, kind of chilling right now. All good, all good. I understand. It's um, oh, for the times we're living in right now. It's all about uh, chilling's a pretty uh, <laughs> standard thing to do. Yep. Um, so I I happen to find your profile just because you had a friend of mine on your podcast, Nick, last week. Uh huh. And when I uh, when I saw what exactly you do, I'm like, I got to get this guy on because. This is a side to the National Football League that not, like, obviously a lot of people know that there's people who do this kind of stuff in the NFL, but it's a lot different to talk, like, for actually someone like yourself to talk to someone like me where you get to share exactly what you do. So for the people out there who aren't exactly familiar with, with your work, especially with the National Football League, what um, what have you done for them? Yeah, so 
Um, I graduated University of Arkansas in 2017, and then I got an internship with the Kansas City Chiefs as kind of my first job out of college after graduation. And then basically uh, was with them in 2017, uh, Alex Smith's last season there, and kind of just learned the ropes uh, to become basically a content creator in a sports industry. Um, so then, luckily, I got to you know get a full time job with the Chiefs the following season uh, for the twenty eighth season. And as I'm sure many of you know, that's the season Patrick Mahomes won MVP. So that made my job a lot of easy and a lot of fun. And I was just kind of popping off in terms of the stuff I was creating because everything would go viral or get a lot of retweets. And you know, the Chiefs were kind of the team everyone was kind of looking at. So. That gave me the opportunity to kind of showcase my talents and my skills as a content creator, which led to uh, Ben and Andrew from Let It Fly Media. They found me through you know social media and kind of hired me from the Chiefs. So this past year and a half, I've been with Let It Fly Media as their creative director, and we're we're a content agency in Kansas City, and we basically do content for various clients nationwide. And then because of my connections that I made through the Chiefs while I was there, I was able to secure a LCC position with the NFL. So currently, um, I, I work part-time for the NFL as a content creator, uh, basically just filming home games um, for the Chiefs. Well, that's all very cool, and like even the same thing too. Where in this day and age, for as bad as social media can be, and I only say in the sense just because there's a lot of negativity out there, a lot of positives like yourself, where you should go out there, you showcase your work, working for a very high level organization such as the Kansas City Chiefs, and especially to not even just any season. It's the season where this superstar, this now NFL icon. In Patrick Mahomes had his breakout MVP season, not just his like like I said, not just his breakout season, but his MVP season. And then now you through those connections, the NFL sees you, and then also to the, you kind of got to showcase your work where it felt like you have one of those jobs where going to work every day, it's not doesn't feel like a job for you. It just it seems like it's fun. Yeah, definitely, it's it is not a job for me, and it's I'm very grateful to be in this position because I know so many people um, wish they were doing the same thing. Um, I know I get a lot of DMs all the time asking about, you know, what I did in college, what I studied, what did I do to get here, like what, what, um, how did I put myself in this position? And because of that, I, I realize um, how awesome of a position I'm in. So I'm, you know, just having fun going to work or whatever you call it and just kind of, it's basically just living Life. like I don't, I don't see it as work I'm just creating and um, you know last season was my first season away from the Chiefs but because I still got to work for the NFL I got to shoot every home game and still be a part of that season um, where they won a Super Bowl and um, I got to go actually to Miami to shoot the Super Bowl so um, it was pretty cool to like even though I left the Chiefs and you know that was really tough to leave for a company like Let It Fly Media startup, um, I still got the opportunity to shoot the Super Bowl and shoot, you know, Chiefs content uh, just through the NFL. 
That's the next thing I want to ask you about, just because literally the first thing that I saw when I went to your Twitter profile, besides the what I imagine a lot of Chiefs fans are jealous of, that group shot you got with all the Kansas City Chiefs cheerleaders, <laughs> was um, your pin tweet of how it started versus how it's going. Yeah. Because not a lot of people realize when they see a call sheet like that, that when you first are getting into this industry, because like I actually went to school for broadcast television and videography. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of got to start at the lowest level, but then you got to work your way up. But then just to see you going from where you started at uni- at the University of Arkansas to then be able to shoot a Super Bowl, not even three like three years after graduating university. That's just the next question I want to ask you because the Super Bowl is an event unlike any other. There's only a few events out there that are like it in its sense. But what was the what was it just like being not only being at the game but able to see the team that you were covering win the championship and be able to film it. Yeah, it, that earlier this year it feels like forever ago with how 2020 has been going. But, you know, the Super Bowl this season or this this past season was unlike any other experience I've ever um, gone through. It was, it was so surreal. Um, you know, I, I got there the Monday prior. I was there the whole week. Because there was a lot of event and build up, and you know, I was there with the NFL as a part of the LCC program. And basically, just quickly, what the LCC program is, it's basically a network of freelancers or content creators that work for the NFL part time. And there's two to three LCCs in every city that has an NFL team, so I don't ever have to travel to a Chiefs away game because that team that's um, that they're playing has their own LCCs and the LCCs work for both teams that show up and play. So I only have to worry about Chiefs home games and then, you know, they went to the playoffs, so I got to shoot those. And then they went to the Super Bowl, which even if they didn't go to the Super Bowl, I still would have shot because I'm working for the league and not for the Chiefs. So I was one of the LCCs picked to cover the Super Bowl no matter what. And it just so happened that that's the Super Bowl that the Chiefs went to, where I worked for for two years. So it was really exciting to like work there for two years and kind of learn, you know, everyone, all the behind the scenes people, all the business ops people, like you know my co my former coworkers. Like I had a bunch of friends, you know, still a part of the organization from when I was there, and still being able to be there with them and you know shooting that game on the field running onto the field to get Patrick Mahomes, you know, celebrating as a clock hits zero. Like, uh, it was an unreal moment and, like, couldn't have been a better better way to, you know, script it. You, you nailed it on the head. And uh, that's the one thing I was surprised about when you, um, when you said, though, that each city has its own. Like, uh, part of me always assumed that, like, the content creators traveled with the team, kind of like you see the social media people travel with the team. Because I know there's also a story I found online of a guy from a kid who went to Stanford who eventually worked for the San Francisco 49ers doing the same thing, but then he also was a traveling for away game. So that's why part of me assumed that. But your journey overall and all, the fact that even though you were picked by, not just by the team to go, even though you don't work for them anymore, but the league as a whole, like that must that must have been an honor that I, I, I would just say I'd be speechless if I were you. Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild to find out i mean this was my first year as an lcc the lcc 
program has been been around for you know three years so I was just trying to do my best shooting um I knew what I was doing because I you know worked for the Chiefs for two years and that's kind of the reason they hired me is because I was like like I worked for the Chiefs I know what I'm doing like you might as well hire me because I'm, I'm still living in Kansas City um and my boss at the NFL you know picked me up and gave me a shot and it was just one of those seasons where like they were just doing the same plays and I was just capturing you know I was just in the right spot at the right time capturing those moments and um using my experience that I built up from the Chiefs I was basically you know just crushing the position as an LCC um and that kind of stood out to my boss and basically, you know, shot me up the list to be one of the four, um, actually one of the, uh, one of the five LCCs to be picked, to be on the field shooting the game. Um, there was probably 14 total LCCs at the NFL, um, at the, at the Super Bowl, And, but only five of us were actually on the field shooting, um, while the rest were covering, you know, different aspects, different events, different celebrities, um, but I was lucky enough to be uh, in a position to where I actually got to shoot the game as well, uh, which was really fun. Yeah, that's the thing, because I feel like not a lot of people realize the Super Bowl, because there's probably people getting crowd shots or people getting stuff outside, because I know there's obviously the big party that goes on outside of the game. But you being on the field, like, that's just, like, and also, too, I got to say, you probably have shot a lot of uh, no-look passes in your day. Um <laughs> The next, apart from being on the field, that that sounds like amazing. Not only do you get to shoot it, but you get to be on the field there in the action. But the one thing I want to ask you, just because obviously you're saying it feels like forever ago, and obviously Kansas City is one of only a few NFL teams who are allowing fans to be at the games right now. Um, has COVID at all impacted the way that you have to film the games or the way you get to interact with the team as a whole? Uh, yeah, definitely 100%. COVID has been... A big factor this season and I'm usually in the tunnels waiting for the players to arrive following them um, you know on field shooting pregame warm-ups um, and on the sidelines shooting the games while the games are happening and then running onto the field for post game but this season with COVID and all the protocols and you know tears and whatnot I'm actually not even allowed to be anywhere the players are so I'm shooting the entire game, all of game day from the stands. So uh, this season we're just really restricted on the shots that we can get, and we're just kind of, you know, we're just stuck in the stands in the first row. Um, so this season's kind of a not as fun season as normal, but still, still, it's still happening. Still, you know, thankful that there is a season and that I can at least, you know, get some shots um, until they – uh, you know, let us onto the field again, probably next season. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I imagine that because I see the same thing, too, in many stadiums in the NFL because obviously they have about, I believe, the first 10 rows or so. I, I haven't been to an NFL stadium this year, obviously. Actually, I live in – I don't know if I told you this, I live in Canada. But um, the one thing I noticed, too, is like like I said, the first it seems like about 10 rows are tarped off with just different tarps surrounding the field. But then and through the first row, I see, like, all the photographers, and I imagine you guys, ha that must make it tougher as well, where you have to intermingle with all these other media. And also, too, like, sideline reporters, they're not allowed on the field as well. So I just imagine it's all, like, everyone's just trying to work with each other to get the job done. Yeah, that's based, that's 100% it. We're all, you know, assigned to the first row, and we're all uh, making sure we're in the right spot so that, 
we're, we're, all, we're all working together to make sure we all get the right shots. And um, it's been it's been interesting. There's there's not as many people as you think in the first row, but there's enough that uh, um, you kind of have to squeeze by and just you know say excuse me when walking by people. Exactly, and I imagine too at the same time you guys have to wear um, you're in a mask the entire time you're in the stadium because I imagine like just with yep. NFL stadiums like everyone has to be in a mask. Um, the next question I had to, I wanted to ask you about was. Did you have the chance? Were you um, have the chance? Were you involved in any way in the Chiefs getting their ring ceremony? Because obviously, I know you said you can't really interact with the players, but well, was that something else you were involved with as well, or is that someone who was directly involved with the team? Yeah, so I, I wasn't a part of that. I, I feel like in normal circumstances, without COVID, I probably would have been asked by the NFL to help cover it. But since I am only an outsider um, working for the NFL, I was not a part of that. So the Chiefs have their own video department, social department, and they have their own team covering events like that. And um, we're kind of more third party, like um, if we need to support or if they need help, then they could reach out and, you know, ask for an LCC or two at an event. But the ring ceremony, especially with COVID, was um, designated to only their personnel um, yeah, no problem. I just, that was just a, that was more of a curiosity question for uh, for me to ask. Um, the next thing I want to ask you, just because, like I said, um, like how you were, you and I were talking about, we just want to keep this to be a pretty shorter interview. Um, I know you said earlier that a lot of people get in your DMs asking you, "Hey, where'd you go to school? Hey, um, how do I get to be in the position position where you are?" But to anyone that's listening to this podcast, that so you know what wants to take that step, who's wants to say, "Hey." Not only am I a fan of the NFL, but I want to be a content creator that gets involved either with a team or like you gets involved with a league. Because like how you said, there's a few of you guys that work for each team in each dip and all 32 NFL cities. Uh, 30 actually, excuse me, considering that LA has two teams and mm-hmm. Los Angeles. I, I was supposed to say LA and I said Los Angeles. Excuse me, <laughs> LA and New York. Um, what advice would you have for anyone who's looking to wear the shoes that you currently wear? Uh, so my advice would be, um, I, I like to say it's this like simple equation. It's hard work plus patience equals success or equals whatever you want it to be. Um, I even though you know a lot of people see the my fast come up or whatever three years out of college. Like I started videography three years before that, so really the journey's been about six six or seven years of learning how to create content, learning how to use a camera, learning how to edit well. And, you know, the first couple of years were rough. I, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was just a college student trying to figure figure out what I was going to do with my life. And um, it didn't really click until maybe my, you know, last couple of months before graduation or even at the Chiefs during my internship year. Um, but, yeah, it, it just took – I knew, you know, I had – what it took to do what I'm doing now. Um, but coming out of college, I didn't have the experience or the, um, you know, the special shots on my reel to kind of help me stand out. So that's why you, you see in my spreadsheet and my tweet that like I got 60 ish, you know, no's or declined or, you know, 60 teams that ghosted me and didn't answer because, you know, what I had on my resume wasn't, good enough and I understood that um so that's why I just kept applying and 
kept, you know, kept knocking on the door until someone gave me a chance. And, you know, once I did get that chance at the Kansas City Chick at the at the Kansas City Chiefs, even though it was just an internship, I treated that like a full time job. Like I wanted the Chiefs to feel if I were to be gone the following season, like it was only a seasonal position, so it was going to end at the end of the season. So I knew I either had, you know, basically two options. I'm either going to do really well and stay with the team because they like what I did and, you know, a spot opens up and they hire me full time, or I'm going to do really well and, you know, no spots open up and they can't hire me on, but I can apply, you know, to another team and try to get a spot somewhere else. But, um, and that's kind of what, you know, pushed me to get that spot ultimately is because I just worked really hard, try to, you know, work harder than the full-timer so that they could see that I wanted it. And um, thankfully things worked out and a spot opened up for a full-time position. And, you know, my boss, it it was just easier for my boss to hire me than, um, put out in their application for other people. Um, so there's a sprinkle of luck in there. I mean, you know, if that person didn't leave the Chiefs, I probably would have ended up somewhere else. Like, if the Chiefs didn't accept me, I, you know, who knows the 60 other timelines that were created if I had said yes or had been accepted to somewhere else. So um, there's definitely, you know, a hair of luck in there, but. If you're if you if you're good and you're good enough, or if you know you can get good enough, then all it takes is time, and you just gotta keep hacking away um, until you get you get that chance. Cone, you 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 nailed it perfectly on the head, and also too, I thought that was a call sheet before. Part of me, I didn't realize that was a list of all the places you would apply to, and you either got ghosted from, or you just didn't get a reply back or you got contacted with but it kind of didn't go anywhere because like, i know that experience obviously like how you you're a social content creator and like myself with broadcasting i've had a lot of those experiences too even with this podcast because i've been doing this just for over a year now i started this as a fun hobby just as a way mm-hmm. to get out and talk with their talk with people and uh actually some friends i get on here from time to time but i always have been reaching out to people whether it's beat writers for teams or even people like you, I just sent a simple, or people who are fans of another NFL team who have a podcast who do this for the same reason I do it, just because they love to talk about the game of football. You're going to get a lot of rejections in your life, but you got to know at the end of the day that, hey, someone's going to answer you. Someone's going to reply back to you. But you nailed it perfectly in the head, though, where you knew, hey, you got in good with the Kansas City Chiefs, but you knew when you were there in your internship, you said, hey, I can do an okay job, and it's just this and then I won't work for them again or you can get in there not only open the door but kick the door down completely and mm-hmm. that's how you know you're going to go far when you get those opportunities to you know what just kick the door down prove to them hey this is why I want to make them hire me and not someone else obviously like you said a sprinkle of luck is what happened to you but sometimes getting a sprinkle of luck can go a very far way no matter what industry in this world you work in, especially if something like the NFL, because there's probably hundreds of millions of people, even though there's a lot of people, who probably dream of working for the NFL in some capacity, especially you where you're holding your camera on the field of the Super Bowl, celebrating a team who basically 
brought you up into this world of creating content for the National Football League and more importantly the Kansas City Chiefs, getting to celebrate them win the Super Bowl. It's just something, honestly, like I said before, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and if people can learn from you anything, I feel like it's, look, not only do you have to just grind it out there, you got to be patient, you got to be determined, and you got to be focused, because if you have none of those qualities or attributes, you're not going to get anywhere in life. I'm not trying to say that in a negative way, I'm just trying to say that in the way of sometimes, that's just a harsh reality in this world. Yeah, uh, I like to say... Uh, a lot of people, when they ask me for advice, like, if you do nothing, nothing's going to happen. Like, if you just sit around and, you know, you literally do nothing, then nothing will happen out of that. So, like, if you want to be somewhere, if you want to do something, whether it's content creator or not, if you want it to happen, then you have to do something about it. Like, you have to physically or, you know, mentally do the thing that's going to get you there. And, you know, now the hard part is what do I do? Like, you know, do I do this or do I do that? So what I say there is pick a option, pick a choice, you know, take route A versus route B or take route B versus, it doesn't matter which route you take, just make that choice. And if it's the right choice, if it ends up, you know, being the thing that gets you to where you want to be, then awesome, you made the correct decision. If it's the wrong choice, if it's, you know, not getting you where you want to be, then now you know that's not the right choice. You just need to adjust and make a different choice, and eventually you'll be where you want to be to where that choice that you thought was wrong actually becomes the correct choice because it led you down a different path to get you to where you want to be. So, like, it's just it's just a lot of perspective and self-awareness and all those big words about you know, just the, that people throw around like it's 100% true. You just got to go in and do something about it rather than just sitting around and thinking about it. You literally nailed every single part of this on the head when it comes to, you know, what's starting your journey and not, like you said, you can be stagnant and do an okay job and get maybe get somewhere or you can do a great job, go to places in one day someone can go out there and be in the exact same position as you. And when I say that, I just basically mean if you want to go out there, if you want to focus, if you want to grind, if you want to stay dedicated in commitment, only good things will happen. Like you said, you got to put in the effort to get somewhere. If you don't put in the effort, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, you got, you got to put in the work. And, you know, it, a big part of it is self-awareness. Like, how bad do you really want it? Like, are you, you know, practicing and getting better and putting reps on the weekends or are you going out and having fun with your friends on the weekends? Like, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's almost like if you're an athlete, you know, I don't know, like Kobe talks about getting into the gym and putting up, you know, working from like 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. whenever he goes to bed, like you got to put in the work while others aren't because that's the only way you're going to separate yourself. You, that's how I saw it when I was, you know, trying to get my full-time position, trying to figure out what I was going to do coming out of college. And even after college, like, yeah, every now and then I'd have fun and, you know, hang out with my friends. But a lot of times my friends would ask like, Hey, do you want to go do something? I said, no, I can't. Um, I have to, I'm working. Like I'm 
putting in work is basically my answer. And I missed out on a lot of things. Like, you know, I probably could have gone out a little bit more than I did, but I decided not to because I knew putting in that work would lead to bigger and better things. And now I'm starting to see kind of that pay off. Um, so it's, it's a lot of self-awareness. Like you just gotta sit back and kind of analyze what you're doing now and see if that will lead to the result that you want. And another thing you could do is also reverse engineer what you want. Like if you want to work at the NFL, like start at where you want to end up and figure out the steps from finish to start on how to get there. Like, okay, do you want to work in the NFL? Cool. Do you want to work for a team or do you want to work for a league? You want to work for the, a team? Cool. Which team do you want to be, work for? You want to work for the Dallas Cowboys? Awesome. Are you following every Dallas Cowboy employee on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram? Like, are you aware of every possible executive, higher up, you know, producer, director, social media coordinator? Like, are you aware of all those people and all of those positions so that when a position opens up, you know who to contact and who to network with to get that job? Like, or, you know, another way is to get an internship at Cowboy. So do you know which website to go to to search if there is an opening, if there is, you know, an application? Do you know where to go to find that application? All right, this is the website. Cool. Are there any applications for an internship there? Nope. All right, sit there and wait. Check next week. Are there any applications open? There are? Cool. Apply for it. Did you get it? No? Okay, apply for it the next time it comes out and, you know, work on getting better in between so that your application is stronger the next time because they hire seasonals and interns every season, like in the spring. All 32 NFL teams hire yearly interns and seasonal interns every year. So there is a window of opportunity every season. And if you don't know about that, then you can't apply for it. Or if you apply for it and you miss it and like don't get it, then you have a full year to get better to apply for it the next year. And if you really want it bad enough, then you'll do it again the next year, then the next year. And then eventually someone's going to say, yes, you have 30 teams, 32 teams. You have three to four seasonals per team, depending on what department you want to be in. Multiply that. That's like 120 chances times X amount of years. Like, you just got to go out there and do it. You you nailed it on the head exactly. And when you brought up the Mamba mentality, that also reminded me of a commercial that Colby did with, uh, and Kanye West was involved in it as well, when Kanye was just basically asking, how do I get better? And all he was kept saying was more. Like, how do I sell, like, more? It's just like, like I don't remember off the top of my head, but I, I, if people out there know the commercial, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And it was just like, how do I sell more records? He's like, just just make more. Like, you literally keep nailing it on the head where, <laughs> look, getting, like, your tweet about, the rege- like, how it started versus how it's going is a perfect example. Look, there's all these teams out there who, no reply. A lot of people take rejection and they feel like, oh, like, I don't know where to go from here. And then there's other people like yourself where you take rejection and it only fuels your fire to not only get better, but to find a job in another place. And look where it ended up, look where you ended up with it, working for a great organization like the Kansas City Chiefs 
and more importantly, the National Football League. Yeah, you 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 gotta like have a plan to figure it out. I was I was ready to work for any team that you know accepted me. I was ready to move. I I made my search parameters as content creators as wide as possible. I don't I didn't care which city, what state, what role. I didn't care what league, what division, what sport. Like I was applying to every single possible position with the words like content, video, creative in the application and no matter where I was going to start, like I don't care if it was a triple triple A baseball team in Odessa, Texas or whatever. Um, I knew I was going to get there, you know, bust down the door, do an amazing job. A couple of years later, maybe move up to another, a higher league or a different team and just work my way up till I was wherever I wanted to end up, which honestly back then I, didn't really know what my end goal was, but I knew working for an NFL team was probably the end goal that I was going for. Well, anyway, I got to say, I learned a whole lot more about you, and I hope that everyone who's listening to this learned that, hey, just because you say, you, no, I was supposed to say, just because you hear no or someone tells you no, it doesn't mean end here or even to if you get a job you know like like you said with a minor league baseball team in odessa texas or in a small town like anywhere it's all about your drive determination and focus and i can't thank you enough for bringing that and opening my eyes up to something like that even more and also to just to hear your story as a whole yeah i'll throw in one more fun fact you know for my internship at the chiefs it was like an eight eight month thing because you started during training camp, you ended, you know, hopefully after a playoff run, so February. So that was like eight months, and, you know, it's really hard to find a lease for six, you know, for eight or nine months. So my options were six or 12, but I didn't want six. Like, what if we went to the Super Bowl? And I didn't want 12 because I didn't want to have be stuck for three extra months. So I literally stayed in an Airbnb for seven months or eight months or whatever it was. Like, I was literally living in an Airbnb for the duration of my internship because that was the only way to be flexible with my living in case I had to leave. Um, like all I had was a room and everything I owned was in that room living with another family. Um, and like, I know that's probably not the worst situation, but like it's not the ideal situation, you know, out of college, like just living in a room and, and have a bathroom and like, not really have a house to have friends over anything. Um, like I was, I was, I was ready to do whatever I that I was ready to do whatever was needed to like make sure you know I would get what I wanted to get. Exactly like you said. Sometimes you know what? Sometimes you got to sacrifice a lot to get where you want to be. Obviously, like you said, it wasn't like you were living in a bad situation, even, like you said, it was an Airbnb with another family in the, Can- I assume, in the Kansas City area, but at the same time, too, and then it just, look, something as simple as that, and even, too, like you said before, you open your horizons where you are willing to work anywhere just shows how true, how truly dedicated you are to making yourself um, a content creator, and like I said, not especially with the NFL. Um, my next question, not my next question for you, just something I wanted to have you tell the people is, if they wanted to find your work, 
obviously besides Kansas City Chiefs social channels, IG, like except like IG, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, if just I want you just to plug yourself quickly if you want to give the people your information on how they can find you online. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you for the opportunity to plug myself because uh, I have a lot of things going on and it's there's always a bunch of things that need to be plugged. But basically, you can find me anywhere. Um, Billy Quach Films, E-I-L-L-Y-Q-U-A-C-H-F-I. LMS uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, I try to do tutorials on YouTube to help you know other aspiring creatives get better, and I that's a good spot to see my work. Uh, probably Instagram's the best spot to see my work. Um, I even have my own podcast called Get the Shot, where I try to help other creatives you know get their shot at being a content creator. So you can finally find me basically anywhere. Watch films. You said it there, folks. For, First, folks, uh, Billy Quatch Films, find him, like he said, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and check out the Get the Shot podcast, I assume available on all podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Yep, 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 yep. Alrighty, well, Billy, it was very great to have you and to get a different perspective on the NFL as a content creator, and just great to have you on the YWC Football Talk podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much, Griff, for having me, and um, best of luck to you with the rest of your podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you once again to Billy Quatch for coming on to talk more about being a content creator in the NFL and more importantly for the Kansas City Chiefs because that's where he uh, got his start. Um, and on, like you said, guys, you can check him out on his social channels and all that stuff. Um, but now it's time to talk about some football. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Patriots-Niners games. Like I said, I already vented it, ranted about that for about... 10 minutes or so, and also I'm going to do a quick fly just so I'm not on here for too long, taking up too much of your time. But you know what? If you listen to all of this, thank you very much. Um, there's the first game i got to talk about. Why? Because we finally found out something about this team, and I'm going to let none other than Dennis Green. That's right. Rest in peace. Say my thoughts about this certain team. Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. Literally, I only played that because if you are a diehard NFL fan, you know exactly. Because in that game, that's a 2006 season, Monday Night Football, the Bears are who we thought they were. Meaning he thought that the Bears were an average team. And you know what? Last night, I think we found that out. That the Bears are who we thought they were. Look, they have a great defense. They have a great team. As You know what? I'm, I did this the last time I went solo, and now that it's just me and me only, um, I'm going to fix the settings so I can be more comfortable. My, my podcast, my damn rules. Um, but anyway, guys, the Bears, literally, when I say the Bears are who we thought they were, I'm not trying to say it in the way that we thought they sucked. I'm just saying what we saw last night, what we saw with... Oh, I don't know. Matt Nagy getting out coached a shit by Sean McVay. For everyone saying, too, like, oh, Matt Nagy's no Sean McVay. I don't think anyone was out here making those claims that, yeah, you know what? Matt Nagy is Sean McVay. I, for one, never admitted to that once in my life that, yeah, you know what? Matt Nagy is Sean McVay. No. What I was alluding to was that this Bears team under Foles is what we thought they were a very pedestrian. Um, it doesn't also help, too, when you're getting pinned deep in your own end by punts. 
That's the one thing last time we got to focus on, too. If they're giving out AFC Special Teams Player of the Week, Brandon Bass, I understand. Buffalo Bills, he kicked six field goals. Brandon McManus did the same thing, two, uh Week 6, and won it. Johnny Hecker deserves a NFC play Special Teams Player of the Week for that miraculous punting performance. Now, with the Bears, it doesn't get any easier. Look, you literally have, oh, I don't know, the New Orleans Saints coming to town. And I know everyone's saying, too, this is actually, fun fact, this is the Saints' first outdoor game of the year. This is the first outdoor game of the year because all the games they have played were either at the Superdome, at Ford Field, which is a closed-roof stadium, like the Superdome, and the Legion Stadium, which, guess what, has a roof. Um, the only other road, because like, let's see, if, look at their games. Tampa was a home game. Vegas was a road game, but dome. Uh, Green Bay home game. Detroit dome. L.A. home game. Carolina home game. This is gonna be an interesting game, especially too because of the fact that it's starting to get a little colder outside. We know in the past Drew Brees has struggled in the cold, so we don't know how this game is gonna go. But going back to Monday night quickly, I just got to say, look, the Bears are who we thought they were. They were a very fraudulent 5-1 and at one point undefeated 3-0. Uh, and oh. um, But for everyone going now and saying like, oh, hey, I love, I, I'm just going to love this, how everyone's rushing to put Mitch Trubisky back in the lineup. I'm not advocating for it, but I'm saying, look, for the fans to turn their backs so quickly on Nick Foles, I'm like, okay, let's just let's just pump the brakes. I'm not calling for Mitch Trubisky to come back, but I'm saying this: if Nick Foles goes out there Sunday and looks really bad against New Orleans, if you're Matt Nagy, you got to consider it because I honestly think if the Bears miss the playoffs, you're considering he had the one good year and then he's had two mediocre seasons. If this season goes from five and two to eight and eight, and they finish uh, three and six down the stretch, there's going to be a lot of people calling for Matt Nagy's head in Chicago, in the Greater Chicago area. Um, look, the Bears, I think, have a chance to make some noise, and like I said, and also, to, not like I said, what I was going to say, they still have two home games against the Packers, not two home games, they have two games against the Packers left, one which I believe is week thir- no, week 12, week 12 is the first one, and then they play week 17, which honestly, that game probably could be for all the marbles, unless the Bears fall off a cliff, but less about the Bears, let's talk about the Rams, I'm not saying the Rams are a Super Bowl team, but, man, this NFC West, whoo! The Rams, because here's the thing with me with the Rams. Week 6, I'm expecting them to go out there and compete with the Niners and play a good game. The Niners looked way better. The Niners proved that, hey, we're not going away anywhere, even though they're off to a bad start and they're hurt that shit. And also, too, for the fact that um, out of their four of their five wins have come against the NFC East, which is really not anything to be groveling over. Because if you look at the record, too, uh, not a statement win against Dallas. Uh, you beat Philly big, but then not, a, and then you lose to Buffalo, but then you barely beat the Giants. And then you go to the football team and have a good game, and then you go to San Francisco and you lay an egg. So it's like, what's next? And they look great. Like, I mean, Sean McVay... Went back to basics, and also to Lucerate said this, not only is he a great offensive mind, he can speak the language of the defense. And for a lot of people who are the casual fan going, oh, what does that mean? It means he knows how to communicate with defenders. That's why a lot of times downfalls of coaches, like what Big Rad and I talked about in the last episode with Todd Bowles. Great defensive mind, but when he came to the offense, he played it safe a lot of the times. And I'm starting to make the same argument for Vic Fangio with the Denver Broncos. Vic is a great defensive coach. 
Bears fans right now, I feel like, would love to have him back. Even Opagano does a great job. He runs a great 3-4 scheme defense, uh, man, with a lot of man coverage, a lot of zone coverage. And that's the other thing I thought, too. I thought this game for sure, you know what, like Chris Simpson on Pro Football Talk Monday, uh, the Bears usually struggle, not the Bears usually struggle, the Rams usually struggle in a Sean McVay defense when you line up these edges like that. The Bears defense had a lot of, well, quite a few issues the other day that if you're a Bears fan, I would be concerned about going forward only for the simple fact of look. You don't got an easy schedule coming up. You got to play Green Bay. You got to play New Orleans. You got to play Tennessee. Those are games now where Bears fans are going to be like Patriots fans, where it's like, look, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. The season's not what we thought it would be. And also, too, I think it may have been a little premature to pull Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch Trubisky gets the short end of the stick a lot of times, obviously, because he was in the same draft class with, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But Ryan Pace doesn't get a lot of blame for what's going on in Chicago. I feel like in Chicago, yes, the Chicago media probably hates him. But outside of Chicago, not a lot of people realize, hey, it was Ryan Pace, so Mr. Trubisky's just guilty by association. That's all. Um, next game i got to talk about, which is holy shit, too. And I'm going to say this right now. If they can play consistent ball going forward, the Arizona Cardinals will make the NFL playoffs. I know they lost Kenyon Drake. I know their defense does have some issues, but I love the acquisition of Marcus Golden. Sorry, Justin, of Talking Giants. Um, but the Cardinals right now sit at 5-2. and two. If you look at... The only thing is, too, though, with the Cardinals, it's like the same thing as the Bears. Like, there's a game where the Bears can look good, and then there's games where you look at the... You look at the Cardinals, and you go, like, uh, what was that? And one of those two is the Lions and the Panthers. But you know what Kyler Murray reminds me of a lot, and this is not an insult... You know when you see all this stuff, and you've probably had it too if you want a dog, when your dog has got something in their mouth, and it's like, what do you got there? And then they just start running away from you, and you can't catch them? That's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray runs like the dog that is guilty of something and knows that they have something in their mouth that they shouldn't have, like human food or some weird thing they found on the ground. Um, I'm not. If anyone's taking that the wrong way, all it literally means is, look, you get Kyler Murray out of the pocket, it's very dangerous. Very dangerous. And if you look at their upcoming schedule, too, they're on their bye this week, but then they have the Bills, Dolph, Bill, the, the Dolphins, Bills, Seahawks, Patriots, and then you know, they have the Rams, and then they have the, the Rams, the Giants, the Eagles, the Niners, and the Rams again Week 17. If Arizona, in this four-game stretch coming up in November, which there's one game on there, I hope they lose, um, if they go 2-2 two and two, and they're at 7-4, and four, at the end of November, this team is making the playoffs unless they fall off a cliff. But then again, two games against the Rams, which who knows where that'll go, and Giants and Eagles more than likely will be wins. Uh, so I think this team's gonna finish. It's like the Cleveland Browns, where they're gonna finish ten and six and be right in that playoff hunt. They're gonna be right in the thick of things, and hell, they can win the division too. It just literally all depends on Seattle, because like if you look at the standings right now for the NFC West, um, let me pull up your stupid phone. Uh, Seattle's five and one. San Francisco, uh, Arizona, and LA are five and two, and then the Niners are four and three. Like, what's stopping this division? Is open season. The NFC East is open division for all the wrong reasons. Open season, 
But the NFC West, honestly, is the best division in football right now, and the AFC North will soon be there, too, once the Bengals uh, get their shit together. Um, which, you know what, I'm going to, uh, all I have to say about this card, because honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't watch all of the Seahawks Cardinal game, I had to watch the film the next morning, because I was super exhausted, and I was just, I felt like shit, I went to bed early, when I say I feel like shit, it was obviously because of the Patriots, literally, that game was a mood killer, and I don't want to get enough into it, because I rambled on about it for ten minutes before, um, but here's the magical thing with this, um, this game. This game is one of those games where you look at it and go, that's Sunday Night Football. You want those games. Because if you look at Sunday Night Football this year, Cowboys-Rams was a close game. Patriots-Seahawks, close game. Uh, Green Bay-New Orleans was a close game. Uh, week four was San Francisco-Philly probably was the worst one out of all of them. Minnesota-Seattle was good. And then the other one being... Uh, yeah, L.A., San Francisco last week, and then Arizona, Seattle this week. All were good. Coming up this week, we have Philadelphia, Dallas, which I'm not going in with high expectations, but I did the same thing for the Eagles and the Giants, and that was a good game last Thursday, so we'll wait and see what happens. But anyway, guys, this game, honestly, was one of those games where it was just back and forth in a dogfight. This was a playoff game, straight up. I would love, and also, too, coming up, just to get you guys a little excited, Week 11, Thursday Night Football, I'm ready. November 19th, get your damn popcorn ready. Um, the other games I want to talk about briefly is Pittsburgh-Tennessee. Look, I was right about it. Pittsburgh, I honestly think Pittsburgh is the team to challenge Kansas City. Everyone's going, there's people right now who are divided saying that Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. Pittsburgh is. I go Kansas City only because, look, they're the man. They're the defending champs. They're five and one. Obviously, they had their one blip in the schedule. Actually, they had a few blips, but even though they're five and one, they had the game against LA, which they had to go to overtime to win. They had the game against New England, where Mahomes did not get any touchdowns in the first half, but then he came alive in the second half. And then they lost to Vegas. But look, obviously, one six and zero, one's five and one. But here, here's where things get tricky, or not tricky. Here's where things get interesting. Okay. Like, Kansas City is just finding their groove. If they continue to play the way they did on Sunday against the Denver Broncos, it's going to be a Pittsburgh-Kansas It's gonna be a Pittsburgh -Kansas City AFC Championship game, a rematch of the 2016 AFC Divisional Playoff where Antonio Brown stupidly filmed in the locker room. And that's a point I want to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it on my next podcast when I have a guest on because I want to get their opinion. Um, but anyway, with this game, look, if you're the Tennessee defense, that's where their concern is. Because, like, and all along, too, I remember I got in an argument with the Titan fan after they beat the Bills. Oh, the, they did this and this and this. They, they crushed the Bills, sure. They had a close game with the Broncos. They had a close game with the Jaguars. And a close game with the Vikings and with the Texans. The most wins out of all those teams is two games. The Jaguars have won a game. The Texans have won a game. And the Vikings have won a game. Singular. So when you have a chance to be 6-0, and oh, excuse me, the Chiefs are 6-1, and one, excuse me, they haven't had their bye week yet, they have it uh, in week 10. Um, when you have a chance to play Pittsburgh and then you go down, even though you come back like you did against Houston, going forward for a deep playoff run, that doesn't exactly give me confidence that, hey, you're going to be there at the end of the year. But one thing I will say is, though, I think Ryan Tannehill is an outside MVP candidate. He's fourth in QBR. 
and I'm going to make this point too because I heard today in first take that Tom Brady is an MVP candidate or at least top three, which I go no. Tom Brady is 16th in QBR right now. Love the man. Greatest quarterback to ever play. Greatest player to ever play the game. I love Tom Brady. Everyone knows that. He's literally putting up similar quarterback stats to last not to last year, and that's not MVP level. Obviously, Cam's not doing much better, and well, not much better. He's doing way worse. But that's just something I wanted to bring up. Like, look, that, that that's all I'm saying. I don't think Tom Brady's an MVP candidate. I think the MVP candidates are like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. If Kyler Murray continues to play the rate he's playing at, I think his name gets thrown in that hat. But for right now, he's not. And then, honestly, I would throw probably Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill in that mix. I'm not afraid to say it. Um, the only other games I want to look at, too, Cleveland-Cincinnati. All i got to say is speedy wishes and prayers, thoughts and prayers to Odell Beckham Jr. And to... Um, I hate the fact that Baker Mayfield has to get an, a fire lit underneath them and... Until they beat Baltimore or Pittsburgh, because honestly, if you look at their schedule, it's a bunch of cupcakes coming up. Um, not like a whole crazy amount, but like they got Vegas, who are 3-3 three and three and starting to show that, hey, they're winning against the Saints and the Chiefs or whatever. But like you have the Raiders, the Texans, the Eagles, the Jaguars, the Titans, the Ravens, the Giants, the Jets, and the Steelers, as my microphone fell and kind of startled me. Um... Besides week, besides the week fourteen and week seventeen, week 13, 14, and seventeen, we'll say the Titans too. This football team could finish with ten wins if all goes well. The only games I could see them potentially losing out, like maybe the Raiders game, and uh, that's about it. Like I, the Texans is a win, Eagles is a win, Jaguars a win, uh, Giants and Jets are wins. So let's see, they're five and two right now. Let's say six. This team could straight up go ten and six or even eleven and five if they manage to beat Baltimore. That Baltimore Monday night game is huge for Cleveland. I honestly think right now, straight up, the Cleveland Browns are going to make the playoffs. And Kevin Stefanski, another guy, like look, Kevin Stefanski is the right coach for Cleveland. They're actually going to have a coach for more than one season who deserves to be there. The only thing is, I do have to say though, is get Odell out of Cleveland. Jarvis Landry will wait and see. But look, and also too, I think the more that uh, with with uh, Nick Chubb being out, it doesn't look good for him. Like I honestly could see him going somewhere else and them just having Kareem Hunt being the main running back. But at the same time too, if you have a one-two punch at running back, doesn't hurt your cause. Um, I know I'm not exactly going into games. I'm just saying things about teams. But look, Cleveland's got something cooking. And if they can manage to shock and beat a few good teams, which are the three they have left... I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl contender, but something's cooking. Something's starting to cook. And also, you got Miles Garrett, who's playing fantastic on the other side of the ball. Um, so let's see. I talked Monday Night Football, talked Sunday Night Football, two other games. Let's finish it off with uh, a game between the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. And simply put, everyone says right now, too, Tampa's the best team in the NFC, which I agree with. Like, they're mo not the best, but, like, the most complete. Like, Green Bay is looking good. Seattle's looking good. The New Orleans Saints are a team not to be messed with. They are right there. It just sucks that a lot of the times that they have a lot of weird calls going against them. Like they have the Traquan Smith uh, OPI, which was not an OPI. But the Saints coming up have two games that are going to tell us a lot about this team. They've got the Chicago Bears, 
and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. I only say that game because it's like, oh yeah, they won week one. The Bucs team that they're going to be facing next Sunday night to the Bucs team they face week one is woken up. Straight up. As for this game right here, it was this game was literally what Big Rat and I thought it would be. A close football game. Saints wouldn't cover the seven-point spread. But they ultimately win. That's happened. If this team's secondary can kind of get their shit together and stop taking some penalties and also to... Uh, Defend the ball a little bit better because, like DJ Moore, I, was, I think it was DJ Moore. Or Curtis Samuel had that amazing uh, touchdown from Bridgewater. If the Saints can stop big plays from like that happening, this team's going to be in the Super Bowl conversation, not just the playoff conversation. Super Bowl. Um, I do think though that that game November eighth is going to go a long way to determining who wins that division because if the Bucks lose that game, the Bucks are zero two against the Saints, and if you look at the divisional record right now, the Saints are. The Saints are 2-0 in their division. They still have to play Atlanta twice, and they still have to play Carolina, meanwhile. And, oh, Tampa. That's the thing, too. Tampa's got to play Atlanta twice, and two of them, two of, and both those games are within the last three weeks. So it's just like, okay, so we know that those are the cupcakes. But as long as New Orleans can win these divisional games, it's like the same thing, too, coming up with the Sunday with uh, New England and Buffalo. You lose a divisional game, it goes a long way. Mike McCarthy said it and broke the code, which a lot of people were saying that Mike McCarthy kind of looks stupid for, saying, oh, if we win divisional, we're good. Your case, yes. In the case of the Saints, not only do they have to win, and like I said to you last year, how I thought that 49ers loss ultimately killed them for buy positioning. And that's another thing, too, this year. That one buy makes things interesting. That makes every game must win for divisional, and also, too, when you have to play good opponents. Because, like, obviously the Saints did lose to the Packers. But right now, they're winning the games they're supposed to be winning. They beat the Lions. They went toe-to-toe with the They went toe-to-toe with the Chargers, but they won. They're supposed to be the Panthers. They win. People are expecting them to win this Sunday in Chicago. So, Saints, go out there and do that. Hopefully, Michael Thomas back in the lineup. Um, I love how Sean Payton's responding to all the reports about him getting traded ultimately i don't think it's going to happen i think i don't know if a team would be able to be willingly to take on michael thomas's cap hit but we'll see but the saints have got something cooking and if they continue to cook this team could be a tampa february 7th or whenever it happens but all in all like i said the saints saints are something special so like all i gotta say is who that who that saying they're gonna beat them saints because why because sometimes, uh, let the good times roll. I cannot say it in, uh, let, let's try my French. Let's try my French. Laissez la bon temps rouler. Let the good times roll in the Big Easy. Oh, but anyway, guys. Thank you very much once again to Billy Quatch for the interview. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys enjoyed my thoughts on some of the games, even though I really more talked about the teams and their thoughts afterwards. Um, and also, too, if you enjoyed listening to my pain as a Patriots fan, if you are a Patriots fan, I hope it made you feel better. But if you laughed at my pain, something is wrong with you and I don't like you. But anyway, guys, next episode will be a full Week 8 preview. We're going to look at all the games, probably coming out late Thursday night or Friday morning. But anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Continue to stay safe and have yourselves a great night. And also the other, you know, Sunday Scary Zero thing, 
Football scaries are a thing right now because we're sadly halfway done the 2020 NFL season. Goodbye for now. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.